Welcome to the Leading and Learning Podcast, where we will share our learning and application of great books so we can improve the way we love, serve, care, and learn while we lead. Whether you are a student, parent, teacher, principal, central office leader, or in any other leadership role, you will grow your leadership skills with us. Now here are your hosts, the media man himself, Willie Thomas, and myself, also known as Cruise Director Colette Pledger. Well, I tell you what, we are finally back here inside the studio. It's been a while. Uh, we took a little bit of a break, a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, went on spring break here at Robson ISD, and uh, I, I must say uh, it was well enjoyed. What, what about you? Oh, yes, definitely. For sure. We spent a lot of time camping outdoors, hiking, um, enjoying the nature, enjoying our family. And you know me, I love to read. So I finished a book and started another one. So I'm super excited. I know we'll be reviewing those coming up too and talking about them. So oh, yeah. yeah, super oh, yeah. fun, super fun. Good, good time to refresh. It, yeah, exactly. And that, I, we spent a little bit of time outdoors too as well. Went down the street to uh, Jelly, uh, Jellystone up there in uh, Burleson and Kind of just hung out with the family, and I feel like see boo 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 boo. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did a uh, God. What is it? Was that that thing where you go find stuff? Um, geocaching. Oh yes, yes my daughter. Oh was yeah, all geocaching about that. is great. And I had no idea we were. I was like, okay, she got her phone out app and stuff. But it was, but it was pretty yeah, fun. I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So we're gonna do some more when we go to Colorado this yeah, summer. Yeah, you so. can do that anywhere. Any even in Cameron Park and stuff around oh, here. Really? You know, in Waco they have geocaching. Yeah, okay. it's a big it's a big thing. Well, I like that getting outdoor stuff nowadays. Yes. It's been nice. Yes. Well, we're gonna talk about Manny Scott's book. Um, I know he has a couple um, mm-hmm. out, a new one coming out this month. But um, the one that we're talking about is even on your worst day, you can be a student's best hope. So um, he starts off in chapter one, and I really liked this one, and I caught some attention when I posted on Twitter when I was reading it, and he talks about being salty and being the salt of the earth, Um, and he says uh, that with students in our classroom and engagement, that we can give them salt and make them thirsty. So, mm, you know, mm-hmm. lead, a, lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink, but we can give them salt and we can certainly make them thirsty. So, and then he talks about if, uh, if you feel like you've lost that, your saltiness, you need to reclaim it if you've lost it. So what, what do you think about saltiness? And that's, that's an interesting analogy, I think, that he makes. Well, I think, you know, just going in there and, and, and being you and, and knowing and having that confidence uh, and that, maybe that little swagger of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here to teach you. I'm here to bring you into, you know, that next generation, that next step of, uh, you know, the things that you need inside of your classroom and, and not backing down and just, you know, being okay with, learning and growing, but also being okay with learning and growing with your students. I think, you know, I, I like that. I, I'm gonna go back to that swagger word. Cause that's what, it, when I hear salty, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, you know, a little chip on my shoulder, you know, maybe some salsa too there <laughs> a little bit, but right. uh, yeah, you know, being confident in who you are and what you're doing and knowing, knowing that I'm about to make a difference in a child's life. Right. And I think sometimes people think, oh, well, I'm just not that 
boisterous or I'm not that outgoing. And so, you know, I don't have that, you know, of course, Dave Burgess going back to them, not that creative when that teacher said to him that, oh. you know, and, and how that sent him over the edge. But, but you don't have to be boisterous or super outgoing to be salty in the classroom. Right. Everybody can bring their saltiness in different ways. And just going back to bringing that passion into the classroom. And when kids see that you're excited about what you're teaching and what you're doing that day, mm-hmm. to me, that gets them excited about mm-hmm. what you're doing that day. Exactly. Because uh, they'll bring their best too. They, they know that, uh, you know, Mr. Thomas or Miss Pleasures, you know, when she comes, you know, she's going to be bringing a hundred percent. So we better bring our, our, you know, our hundred percent too. We, you know, what they're expecting is excellence from that. So that's, right. yeah. And I think that's the same for administrators and meetings too, or any PLC that you lead or any type of professional development. I mean, we've all sat in different things where it's like bland and, You know, you can just tell that they're not passionate or that they're not excited about what they're doing. And I guess if you're not excited about what you're doing that day, how could you make it exciting? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. for sure. And I like a lot of what we've talked about in a lot of our books. And it seems to be a common theme, of of course, this year with the whole pandemic thing going on. It's just what, what we focus on determines how we feel and how easily we can become overwhelmed or how easily it is to focus on the things that go wrong. Um, But he specifically lists um, questions to ask yourself, and he kind of makes the point of even the questions that you ask yourself determine what you focus on, and then that determines how you feel. And so I love these questions. So he says, what am I grateful for today? Who loves me today and whom do I love what am I proud about in my life today? And what is the most important thing I need to get done today? I like those questions. Those where he's in, in that part talking about preparing his mind before yes. he goes out there every morning. I, I think that that is, that is huge. And if we get into that mindset, even, you know, you know, athletes do it, you know, presenters mm-hmm. do it, speakers do it. Like you said, you focus on that positive, that energy, like bringing that in, then, uh, you know, what what am I proud of about my life today? I mean, I you know you don't just randomly think about that. Being intentional about that, and so that totally helps with that. Yes, and you mentioned that prepare your mind, and he he kind of gives you four things that in his mind that he think he does before he presents or he teaches a group, mm-hmm. and that he thinks that oftentimes maybe even as teachers or or presenters that we we don't do. And he says prepare your body. Motion can change your emotions. <laughs> um, so I know you do that early morning exercise. Oh thing, yes. Oh yes. And I know you know that that mo- that motion changes your emotions, and I think that's right. And then he says prepare your heart. Um, prepare your voice. Um, and he, he goes into talking a lot about preparing your voice. And I know you mm-hmm. mentioned that being interesting to you. It is. You know, he, you know, like a singer, I mean, he does different voice uh, techniques and skills uh, before he goes out and present. I, you know, I, I never thought about that. And it's funny because so all day yesterday was an actual, you know, training at the intermediate that we have here. And by the around like lunchtime, maybe, you know, a little after, yeah, my voice was was a little tired because I'm not, you know, I'm not doing that all all day long. But uh, I did take the time to, you know, think about that, uh, you know, make sure I'm drinking water, make sure, you know, he does uh, breathing exercises, stuff like that, things that you would think only actress, actors and, and singers do. So I thought that was really interesting right there. Yes, he did. He made that point of teachers. You know, you use your teacher, your voices all day, your teacher voice, your teacher voice, your, your teacher voice. <laughs> you do. You use your teacher voice all day. So you use your teacher voice all day. And, um, 
uh, that that, you know, can be tiring. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when you go home at the end of the day, I mean, you're tired because of that. And so he talks about, you know, preparing your body, preparing your heart, preparing your voice, and then preparing your mind and asking yourself those questions, you know, at the beginning of every day. I think you could do it at the end of every day. I think those would be great journaling questions. It's just, it it makes your, your mind focus on what went well that day, oftentimes in education. And I know I'm just as guilty of it too. We're often problem solving and, and fixing. And it's easy to focus on the negatives or the things that went wrong. Um, sometimes you reframe those to ways you can make things better, which mm-hmm. is a positive. But I just I just love those questions that he kind of he kind of talked about. And um, and you're right on preparing your mind. He talks about, you know, what what am I grateful for? What do I love? What am I proud of? Um, any of those things. What and you know, part of that, what I really like, he puts in there, he talks about no shortcuts. I mean, there, there is no shortcut to, you know, becoming, uh, you know, in preparing yourself, preparing your body, preparing your, you know, sometimes, you know, we'll take pills or something like that to, you know, lose weight or do this or, and more, more often those have more worse or yeah, side effects than, than they do, you know, helping you. So putting that work in to prepare yourself to become salty when you, you know, we get ready to come to work. I mean, that's, yeah, like I said, no shortcut. I love that part. Yes, yes. So I think, I mean, he focuses on that first and that you need to be right with yourself. You mm-hmm. know, know your why, be salty, prepare yourself. And then he talks about when yourself is prepared, I guess, then then he says in his mind as, as being part of one of the students in highlighted in the movie Freedom Riders uh-huh. and having experienced that, which I know we'll talk about even more coming up in the way that he references that in his book, that that the three pillars he feels like that lead to solid relationships are the most important thing that you can do with students. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, looking at those three pillars, openness, acceptance, and trust. I mean, those are things that, you know, you want to build your life on in just in general. I know here at school, I know here at work, but just in general, the, the world we live in now, the more connected we are, uh, whether it's, uh, digital or you know face to face, you got to have those three uh, to be successful to to make uh, others around you feel successful mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he talks about being open, and and then he talks about acceptance and giving people permission to have bad moments. Your students in mm-hmm. your classroom, loving others when they feel unlovable, and then making sure your students know that you see something great in them. And I, um, when I read that and, and I made my little notes and my graphics, I thought back to training I had a long time ago with Love and Logic. So I'm a big Love and Logic parent, uh, use Love and Logic in my classroom, use Love and Logic as an administrator. And one of the things they talk about is the students that are hard to reach. Um, mm. And oftentimes, just like we talk about focusing on the positive things, like he did in the first chapter, students that are harder to reach often are not focusing on the things that they're grateful for. Or they don't see anything great in their lives. And so they're harder to reach for multiple reasons. And they uh, they say, I use, I noticed that statements was the strategy that huh. they gave in uh-huh. Love and Logic. And so a lot of times students that are down on themselves don't like you to put positive words of affirmation in there because they don't believe them mm-hmm. because they don't believe them themselves. And so they just seem like empty compliments to them. Mm-hmm. But if you say, I notice that, then it doesn't attach, you know, your feeling to it. Mm-hmm. It's just noting that you recognize them. And after a period of time of, I notice that statements, that student will start to come around and it can be anything. I noticed that you got new shoes. I noticed that you have on a black jacket today. I noticed that, you know, you completed your homework on time. I mean, it, it can be any simple or complex note.
notice that statements, but you're not attaching a feeling to it. Yeah, they, you know, it's funny how when we look at students and we just kind of, uh, we, we know what our job is day to day, that is to reach them. And like you said, uh, one of the things that I liked and kind of talk, I don't know if, I don't think he wrote, I wrote this down as a note. Uh, do you see me or do you see me? Like, do you actually see uh, who I am in, mm-hmm. in, in, in my life and, and are you going to invest into me? And so I think what you're talking about with the love and logic and being that I know, doing the I notice statements with them is going to really help uh, those students, you know, become closer, like I said, and build that trust and, and through that openness and, of course, feel accepted into uh, the lives of those teachers. And, man, mm-hmm. I tell you what, when you can gain that from students, that really does – uh, wonders for their immediate present right there and their future. So, yeah. 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 And, and you're right. I'm moving forward in the book. He does a great job of talking about investing and understanding who it is that you teach. And he gives some good examples. And I know we'll talk about that going forward. And he gives some great tips and tricks too. So um, look forward to those. And you want to tune in again, because those are definitely good. But he, t- he talks about the third pillar. So we've got openness and acceptance and then trust. And he says, having the mental um, mutual confidence in each other and building that trusting relationship between each other. It's, it's so important. So when you're talking about trust and how it must be intentional. So I know he talked about that and how it must be intentional and be built upon. It can't, you know, it must be earned. It can't, it isn't something that happens by accident. It isn't something that, you know, you just walk into and just expect from students. And so like, like, like we talked about a while ago, having that trust, building that trust inside of them, uh, even inside of teachers too as well, you know, they're going to do things that they normally thought that they couldn't do, but seeing the future, seeing that, you know, that, okay, this person here, he is working for me. He is for me. He is going to be mm-hmm. here. I'm going to trust and go forward and do better because they believe in me too as well. So, uh, well, right. And, and, um, trust is often broken so much for some of our students, especially some of our hard to reach students. Mm -hmm. And so um, where I think years ago with students, they came into the classroom and they automatically trusted you as the teacher and trusted what you were telling them was true and trusted the decisions. I think we see that with parents. I mean, just authority figures in general, trust has been broken so much in so many different places that people just aren't as trusting anymore as they used to. And if our students come from broken homes or if they've had broken relationships already, no matter how old they are, Mm-hmm. their trust is broken and if uh, people have made promises to them and broken them over and over and over again and you when you make your promises they don't trust that that's going to happen and so I do think that we have to work harder at building everybody's trust um, than we used to have to and if something happens to break the trust in any way it's it's hard to oh, repair man. that. Big time. Extremely hard to gain back. You know, I, I talk about it with my daughter all the time, sometimes inside of, you know, some classes every now and then and things that she's, you know, wanting to do and uh, setting things up. You know, she put, puts a lot of work into projects. And sometimes, you know, the the way it's supposed to happen or the way that it's supposed to, you know, the teacher is supposed to get back with them, sometimes that doesn't happen. Now, it may not be, you know, it's not intentional on the teacher's part and side, but she puts a lot of work into things. She puts a lot of effort into stuff. She's mm-hmm. going to trust that that teacher is going to take the time to either grade it, get feedback, you know, work with them on that. So, yeah, that's, that's using. So, of course, the next time, does she put as much effort into it? 
not so much, you know. Right, right. Well, and and we've talked about, he talks about little things making a big Mm -hmm. impact and um, that it can seem overwhelming, especially if you're a secondary teacher and you have a ton of students that you see every day, 70, 80 kids a day. Um, Focus on one to two students per day, Mm -hmm. maybe even if one to two students per week, um, if you need to. He recommends one to two per day, but one to two per week is not, I mean, write them a note that doesn't really cost you anything. You know, I'm a big note writer. Yes, yes, uh, yes. And, and I think that kids appreciate those notes. I mean, I know we, we are fortunate to have Schoology as an LMS, and uh-huh. you can even send recorded messages yep. to kids, which take even less time than writing something out. Um, even though the old-fashioned written note, I think, is super impactful um, for students and teachers. But, you know, extra time, a little gift, you know, intentionally picking out a couple of kids out of your day. I'm in intentionally going to talk to that kid and ask them about their life today. And it doesn't have to take a long time, just a couple mm-hmm. extra minutes, but they will begin to notice over time that you're taking that extra step to invest in them. And, and high school kids love notes too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, They, they do. love getting notes too, not just the younger grade level kids. So, I mean, I think anything that you can do that shows you're investing a little bit extra in them um, will definitely go a long way in that trust and that openness and that acceptance and all of those things with relationships. Oh, yeah. You know, and like you said, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. And it, it surprises the heck out of them. You know, my daughter, she got a postcard from the school librarian. I mean, a postcard over the summer, you know, especially during the whole COVID thing. Just was over the moon. That card is in her room, posted on the wall right now. So, I mean, just think about that. And she has built a huge relationship with, uh, which it's April Rogeri at the Intermediate right now, huge relationship with her and hates that she's not going to be around her next year. Right. But what she doesn't know is April's still going to keep tabs on her. She's still going to you know, be working with her through her over at the junior high and stuff. So I think, once again, teachers like that, taking that extra step to build that trust and being you know, open to you know, the, the different types of things that she's inter- interested in and conversations. So I, I think if we can just put just that little bit into all of our students, um, I think that's huge. But I like, I like the whole, just pick one or two a day. Like yeah. don't overwhelm well, yourself. And, 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 you know, our teachers work so hard mm-hmm. they do, and they do so much for kids and they love them so hard. But I think, you know, even if you don't have time to write a little note, if it's just one or two, it doesn't seem so overwhelming, like you said, but I, our teachers, which I did whenever I was in the room too, those uh, most of our desks and our desktops, even if they're not meant for dry erase markers, mm-hmm. dry mm-hmm. erase markers That's work. And right. so before that group of kids come I in, like I mean, is there one kid that you can walk by and write something positive uh-huh. on their desk where you know that they're going to sit when they walk in your room? So even it could be even in transition of classes that you could just you know, make a note to yourself and walk by or write that on their desk before they come in the next period. If you don't have time to write a, you know, more of a lengthy note or a postcard or send Mm -hmm. something in LMS. So I think any of those things that you do, those little touches to build relationships are important. Big time, big time. Well, so our book recommendation uh, for this podcast, what, what is it that you have for us today? Ooh, outside of this one, I think this one is pretty good. I mean, definitely need to pick that up. And then I think the only other book that I guess I really referenced this time would be Anything, Love, and Logic. So Mm -hmm. um, they're books for preschoolers, toddlers. I mean, I've done a lot with preschool ministry before, you know, in my former life. And those books are amazing. So if you have little ones at home, those Love and Logic books are amazing. Uh, The ones for the classroom with teaching, the ones for parents, 
Um, they're all amazing. And I think they did wonders for me in my personal life. They did wonders mm. for me in my classroom mm-hmm. and um, given ch- kids choices, either which are good, still makes them make a choice, but you still have some control. And so it keeps you out of those control battles with your kids. I've highly recommended it to I don't know how many parents that say they have strong-willed kids. So I highly think, recommend those. <laughs> I think one of your favorite uh, quotes that I think my wife's been using now lately is the uh, – I love you too much to argue with you. That's it. I love you too much to argue. That is so it. And and you could use it in the classroom and say, uh-huh. I like you too much to argue. I like, so you, don't, I like <laughs> you too much to argue. Or another one of their tips, now you're going to get me on Love and Logic, is uh, I uh, have conversations um, with students mm-hmm. about this topic at this time and this time, typically like are your recess time or your lunch time or at the very end of the day. So I'd be happy for you to come back and I'll be happy to talk further with you at any of these times. Uh, and then, you know, okay. just, you know, mm-hmm. they're not going to come back. No, talk to you then. <laughs> but, but but they think though that's the, it makes it makes them think makes them you know so i like that so guys we want to thank y'all once again for uh listening in today and uh, like i said that's part one covering chapters one and two of the manny scott book and be sure to tune in next time where we will be talking to you about chapters three and four in our series of even on your worst day you can be a student's best hope have a great rest of your day